Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Yeah. 
What is, <laughs> folks, folks, what's up? It's Ryan. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. What's going on, everybody? As uh, you can hear, my voice is a little rough. I'm drinking tea and I'm going to be, okay, so this is one of those things. You might get annoyed today for multiple reasons. Usually it's going to be the content, but today it's going to be my voice and I might be having to 
have a Ricola breath, uh, not a breath mint. I don't need those. Uh, my breath is amazing. Uh, no, it's like a Ricola and like a cough drop. Because as predicted, I know you guys were all like, he's going to Coachella, he's going to die. And I pretty much did. And that's why I had to take yesterday off. I'm so sorry. Um, I, uh, but I, there's plenty, literally, you guys that have just started listening, do you know there's like 300 episodes you can go back and listen to for free? And I think they all hold up. <laughs> they're all just, they're all incredible, you guys. I think we all know it. But welcome. I hope you've had a good start to the week. I uh, Let me tell you what I last remember. I last remember coming back from the last day of Coachella to the place I was staying and uh, going immediately into the bedroom to put the show together. And this has been after three straight nights of going crazy. And I had just left a silent disco after Coachella on the campgrounds. Uh, Tom Sandoval, Ariana, and those guys, since they are like Vanderpump Rules people, they got invited to this silent disco, and we got in for free, and it was really cool. But I, my body at that point just checked out. Like I had been walking around so much, I have a layer of dust in my body, not even on the outside of the body, in my body. It's called the Coachella Flu. For all of those asking, I do not have COVID, or at least I took a test this morning. I'll take one again on Friday. Uh, but as of this moment, I do not, uh, even though I, I will be honest with you, like I was honest with you on Monday, it, it's probably pretty stupid. There are, there's a good chance that when you're in large crowds like that and, uh, yeah, so luckily not, not yet, but my body, it turns out I'm old. I don't know if you guys have heard. Um, so it was intense. It was fun. Most of it was fun. Uh, crazy. I'll tell you more. I'm going to do a Patreon tomorrow with a wrap of just Coachella. Cause I know, <coughs> sorry guys. I know most people are, some people are really sick of hearing about it. Not just from me, but from anybody, which I, I get, but I also don't like, I feel like Coachella works two ways. You guys, I feel it's for the, well, three ways, actually it's for the influencers and all those people that just want to take photos in front of palm trees. Right. And like do influencer shit, which by the way, the more I read about influencer culture or the more I even get popular or not popular or just known or whatever we want to call it, you realize even how more ridiculous it is. It's like, wait, you're, you know, like, what are you, what are we influencing here? What to wear in a warm climate? What are I mean, what are we truly influencing? Like, this is what I, I mean, this, I, I hate that I learned this. So all, everything I'm learning, I learned late in life. I hate that I'm learning, like, the only person that should influence you is you or Kyle from Summer House. <laughs> somebody compared, somebody said a situation today and they use Summer House, like, oh, well, it might be like Summer House. And I'm like, are you, I don't, I watch these shows so I don't have to live like these shows. Are you kidding me? There's not, I'm not having sex with a night vision camera in my bedroom. Um I'm making love with a night vision camera. Um, so anyways, the influencer culture, I really, really, truly don't get it because I guess the talent is that they speak to people. I really am trying to figure it out. I, who would be the best person to speak to about influencer culture? Somebody that really like appreciates it and can verbalize what it means uh, to people and why it means so much to people. Because it's like we all have our tastes. Like, why why isn't every fucking person on this earth an influencer? We all bring something to the table. Like, seriously, do you know how many good books and music and all that I've gotten from friends? And, and then I've made that part of my personality, you know? I don't know. 
So there's those people at Coachella. Then those are the people that just really love Coachella and really love music festivals. I kind of count myself in that category that I really, really dig the music. This year was kind of sad because it was the first year where I didn't know a majority of the bands. And it it's weird. Like, I used to know every flipping band. I will say Tom and Ariana, very cute. They did know a lot. Of, like, they are very well-versed in music. Uh, I do want to... Oh, and then the third. It's it's influencers, Coachella people. And then the third, the third type of person is the person that's never been to Coachella, but just bitches about Coachella. Like, that's the third. Like, I realize, like all those people online bitching about it. It's like, you guys were probably having just as good of a time bitching about it. Like you can just say nothing. Like that's the point I don't get. It's like, let people love what they love. And, you know, but I think, you know, some people just love talking shit. So they get to do what they love as well. I saw so many negative comments about that. And I'm like, wow, that's so weird. Like I've genuinely had a good time. And I think anybody that's bitched about it, if you actually win, I think you'd have a pretty damn good time if you were with the right people. It's a really cool, magical place. I get the fashion aspect and I get the influencer aspect that I think is completely ridiculous. But I'm always going to say what I think. Like, I think it's genuinely a cool hang. Like, it really is. I mean, it's a very privileged hang. I will say that. And there's not a part of me. Like, if I'm bitching about the Coachella flu or whatever, that's a, that's my that's on me. That's my dumbass. Because I choose to, I chose to get to go have an experience that I'm really lucky. To, I'm really lucky to be this sick. Um, okay, I do want to say one thing out of the way. I'll, I'll, I'll expand more of this in the Patreon tomorrow. <clears throat> but and hi baddies, hi Patreon members. We call ourselves the baddies. Don't even worry about it. It's a cool name, whatever you think. Um, is that okay? There, I, I read this rumor and I got sent it a bunch yesterday. I think it was Bravo and cocktails. That somebody said that Tom Schwartz and Raquel are hooking up and they're, you know, being open about it. I, I was with the actual Raquel this weekend. Tom Schwartz was not there at all. And I will tell you for a fact that that is not true. I, I will swear to you on every, I will swear to you on my dog, Brooklyn, who I love very much. And my mom, who I potentially love even more. Than my dog. Uh, yeah, that is that is not true, even in the slightest. I, I, dude, you know how exciting that would be if it was true, but it is not. Schwartz wasn't there. She's, I believe, dating somebody else, but I think it's casual and it's not Peter and it's not Nima from Shaws of Sunset. I don't. It's not a reality person. So, just, I mean, but those rumors, like, I get. I realize how excited I get with that shit too. Because half of the time, you just want it to be true so much. But remember, I have nothing against Bravo and Cocktails. I have nothing against, like, I love Dumois. I love all the, I love all the stuff you guys love. But you remember, like, what's sad to me is that, like, when you actually get to see the situation a little bit, you're like, oh, man, this is totally false. Like, people can just write in anything. And it's exciting to post it, I'm sure, because you get a lot of attention for it. And it gets passed around a lot. So that's good for numbers. Like, there's no downside for the person posting it, except that you might cause trouble with those actual people, but they're not, you know, I'm sure Raquel and Schwartz and Katie aren't in Bravo and Cocktails' actual life, 
But it is weird. Like, it's one of the first times I've actually been able to say, like, oh, that's 100% not true. And that got passed around so much as true. I saw it today with my own eyes. And I got sent it out today. And I just thought it was, it was, I will say it was very wild to be around Raquel on the same field that Richella took place. And I did tell her that Richella lives in all of our hearts. It does not matter if, you know, her and DJ James Kennedy are, it's very sad. But Richella still lives on, you know. Also, DJ James Kennedy was there with his new girlfriend. But luckily, we, I mean, like, there was one point that he was supposed to meet everybody over in, like, the Rose Garden area. And then he, uh, he didn't make it. But I was like, oh, shit. Like, I guess everybody's cool. But I, I thought that would have, I, I would have been watching that like an episode of Vanderpump Rules. You know what I'm saying? But overall, uh, successful trip, except my body completely fell apart. And what's sad is I, I started the show with another Girl Talk song. Girl Talk is one of my favorite mashup DJs of all time. If you guys are new to the show, you know I love mashups. It's how I start every episode. And you guys, I, I do want to say this. I do see your messages about making a mix of all of these. I do. I swear to God. And Maritza and Sandra and Lori and all that, they'll tell you, I want to be able to do things like that, but I'm trying to get all of this other stuff organized. <clears throat> but once that is organized, there will be a playlist of all of these songs. We're going to find the right way to distribute it to everybody because I know that's, in fact, I know people like the songs better than they like the show. <laughs> I get, I totally am aware. <laughs> But I like it too, isn't it? So it's so fun. It fills my heart with so much joy. There's so much love for mashups I have. And um, Girl Talk, like the artist, he played last night in Los Angeles. And my buddy Tug Coker, what up, Tug? Uh, he's been on the show a couple times. Amazing dude. He actually has a podcast, a sports podcast for all your, if you're into sports or your husbands or boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever are into sports. It's called Tug Life with Tug Coker. And he's a really funny, smart dude. And he's very handsome, so it's very unfair when he gets into podcasting. I'm, I have a face for podcasting. This guy has a face for like TV and movies and shit like that, but he is now infringing on my territory. Anyways, we bought a ticket to Girl Talk two years ago, like or pre-pandemic, and it finally got honored last night, and your boy was too sick. I couldn't do four nights in a row. I, my body fell apart completely, and it was one of the saddest calls I had to make to tell him that I could not go to girl talk. Like I just, and that's so sad. Like I couldn't do a fourth night. It was at the region in LA. I, I, I'm very sad. Girl talk. If you're listening, I love you so much. The real name of that guy is Greg Gillis. <coughs> He's incredible. He's what like mashup. Uh, there's so many good mashup DJs, but he's the best because I always describe it as he'll take two things and he'll make it a new thing. Most mashups will take two things and you'll be like, oh, they've just took that song and they put it with that song. But this guy will take that song, put it with that song, and it creates a whole nother song that's equally as unique as those two songs, or at least in my opinion, it is. So that's how sad it kids never get older and protect your knees. That's what I'm if this podcast can do one thing, I want to let everybody know and you can let your kids know protect your knees, you guys. I am due for a knee surgery and I should have got one two years ago and I haven't. And man, I was walking like 23,000 steps a day or something insane because you know, you know, your boy wears a Fitbit. I love no matter how <clears throat> drunk I am on a field, 
at Coachella, I'm like, how many steps am I getting in? Because I'm all about health, you guys. That's all. Uh, I'm about health. Also, uh, I want to say thank you for everybody that's left a review. If it's a positive one, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please leave a five-star review. I've been told to ask for things more. Uh, I just always feel very douchey doing that. I think somebody called me a douche the other day. Where am I hearing? Oh, no. Bethany Frankel called Coachella a douche. She goes, I, 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 coined the, I coined the phrase douche-cella years ago. I'm like, Bethany, you're a douche-cella. How can Bethany Frankel be so fucking amazing in terms of her charity work? Like, if she did not do the charity work, you guys, I would literally, I would not, I, I would not even be holding back. That charity work saves her. I feel like sometimes she does the charity work just so she can be horribly wrong and an asshole about so many other things. Like, girl, like, how sick is it that she is rich and she still needs to get her voice out there as much as she does? Yeah, so she was going off on Douche Chella this weekend on TikTok. I'm like, girl, the fact that you're even on TikTok is hysterical. You are Douche Chella. But it's like, Bethany, I'm what, could you not get in? I'm sorry that you're not at an event you could have gotten attention at, so you're going to make shit of it. Sorry. The Bethany Frankel, you guys know what I'm talking about. This girl thinks she is all that and a bag of chips. Ooh, it's been a while since I've said that phrase. All that. And, remember when that was popular? Um, so, oh yeah, rev- <laughs> reviews. If you could leave me a good one, that's great. If not, I totally get it. Uh, but remember, it's free, this podcast. <laughs> and um, it's a quick tap of your thumb. The reason I bring this up, I was uh, in my office, the bathroom, and I usually don't read reviews, but I was looking at Sophie's podcast because I've been trying to advertise for her. Her podcast is called So True with Sophie Ross. She is my Monday co-host, and we have a really good working relationship, and I wanted to support her podcast. And I went over to her podcast to see how it was doing, and there was a real. There were so many nice reviews from you guys that you shouted out the pod and the reviews are like, I found it through so bad. And I was like, it made my heart so warm. I was like, holy crap. Like, look at, we, look at what we've done. Like, we're all a part of each other's lives in this small way. You know, it's like really, really exciting for me. I would never have imagined this two years ago at all, even in my wildest dreams. But uh, the other thing that was cracking me up about it was that I did get to a review. It was like, <laughs> she quoted Sophie from my show. And then... <laughs> And made fun of me too, and then called me. What was it like? Your typical Hollywood leftist, <laughs> and then apologized to the rest. You just live in your California bubble, <laughs> and then apologized to the rest of America. Because <laughs> I just pictured all of them. <laughs> I pictured all of America reading the review and going, "Thank you, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for clearing this up." I'm going to steer clear of this podcast. Like, listen, man, where do you find the time to listen to the podcast and then write a review that's a bad review? Like, don't listen. Like, stop. What are you doing? (laughs) So if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy any podcast, leave a nice review. If you don't, keep it moving. People will figure out if they like you or don't like you. I think we have this weird obsession with having our voices heard. I mean, I'm doing a flipping podcast for the love of God. Also, I've never 11 
typical leftist in a Hollywood bubble. You guys, I have like $3,000 in my account. Like I don't live in a Hollywood rich bubble. I'm very um, uh, uh, poor. I'm very, I mean, this is like I put all my eggs in this basket and there's a good chance this will fail. This, this might not go any further than this. I'm really, I've never gambled on myself like this in my life. And I've never pushed myself, uh, you know, I've, I've been an actor and like a mediocre one. I mean, I've, I'm a good actor, but I've <laughs> not been in a ton of things or I've been in uh, great things in small parts. And my birthday is this, uh, not, uh, this Monday and I'm getting older and that fucking is scary as hell. This is like, I, I always want to try to be honest with you guys where my head's at. And you guys know I'm, I'm very pro mental health and uh i i just will never understand somebody's like not a green i try to make this an entertainment podcast and the monday podcasts are interesting because sophie what i love about so like sophie will fucking hit and sometimes she'll hit even before she looks who she's hitting or where she's hitting at and I sometimes really like that about her. It's not how I am. And I think that's sometimes how we work really well on those Mondays. I read another review on her thing of like how Mondays always go so fast with me and her. And that's why it's good to listen to her do her own thing. And I agree, man. Those Mondays fly by. It's so easy for me with her. Like I can just go. And I just, I guess I'll never understand as long as I do this. Why? Like, I just don't think, who are you talking to? But anyways... Uh, speaking of that and back to the influencers and all of that stuff, we did mention Tinks, the influencer Tinks, who has a podcast as well called It's Me Tinks. Uh, I'll give that a shout out. I have not listened to it. Uh, I know it's like 20 minute episodes and I guess she's like the biggest influencer out there right now. And I've been what, like she gets pushed out on my TikTok, which I'm trying to do more TikToks now at So Bad It's Good with Ryan B., and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like being like stupid. Like I'm being really silly and stupid and doing things that kind of make me laugh, but it's kind of haphazardly and like a little sloppy. Um, but please, <laughs> please follow me. Uh, I just have not uh, captured the magic of Tinks yet, but we were talking on Monday about all these old tweets that resurfaced, I think from 2012 about calling everybody fat at Coachella and all this stuff. And I think in 2012, she was like mid twenties or something. And, I was reading more discourse about it of like, well, it's kind of disappointing that you're like that mid twenties when you should know better at that point. And I don't, like I said, I don't really know a lot about her. Uh, my old roommate loves her. Uh, and I know, you know, I have other people that love her in my life and have told me that she's about body positivity. Um, and so that's why it's so interesting that she says these things. And I think a lot of people are disappointed in her, but I heard the other thing is she's like, her team or her, which by the way, I can't wait to have a team to do this for me is like deleting negative comments and stuff like that. By the way, this is all stuff that I've read. I can't, um, verify this. So like I said, it's like that, uh, Schwartz and Raquel rumor, take everything you hear with a grain of salt. This is just me. Uh, I've read all of this stuff. I'm, I'm trying to talk with you guys about this and I would love to know what you think as well. And what you think of her, because like I said, I don't know her. Um, and Sophie's like full bam, like she's after it right now. I saw because I just was on her Instagram stories. I don't know her that well. Those old tweets sound horrible. By the way, if you go back and look at my old tweets, it's 
um, they're equally horrifying, but it's just in terms of like bad dad jokes. Like I was 2012, dude, I was, I was, I was just saying horrible jokes. And by the way, you'll go back in my old Twitter. You'll, I can prove that I used to watch Real Housewives of Orange County from like day one. Cause it's on my flipping Twitter of like going to watch Real Housewives of Orange County, period. Like that was, that was one of my old tweets. Just stupid shit like that. But I don't think I have any troubling tweets unless you consider bad humor troubling, which some people do. But the Tinks thing, I just keep thinking about that, especially after this weekend, is what makes an influencer influence? What is it that makes them magic? What is it? Why do we consider them better than us? I, I truly want to know. And, I mean, I truly want all of us to be that then. I want, I want us all to live the influencer lifestyle. So if anybody can explain any of this to me, I would truly, truly appreciate it. Um, because also, this is a new story to me. I want to clarify, though, I don't know Tinks. Tinks might be the best flipping person in the whole wide world. I know a couple of people <coughs> tagged me into things with Twinks or Tinks today. Uh, Twinks, hello. Uh, Tinks with me and Sophie. So I, I know Tinks doesn't know who the fuck I am. But uh, Tinks or Twinks, if you're listening, um, I would love to have a conversation with you about any of this stuff. Because that's the other thing is a lot of people are asking, why doesn't she talk about this? Why is she not getting in front of this and explaining where she was? If you're all about honesty and having honest conversations with, if you're making money off of being you, then let us know the real you. Let us know what you think. And by the way, listen, she just might be one of those people that like doesn't like fat people. Like honestly. Like, you know, you'll never hear that probably, but if those are the jokes you're making and I've, I, you know, I've been fat a couple times in my, or what I can, I consider myself huge right now. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting how these people shape our culture, shape how we view ourselves and how we view others. And I'm trying to find the positivity in that or what the positive aspect of that is. I wish this podcast gave you more answers, but the more I do, do it the more I just hear myself questioning things or questioning myself or why things are the way they are. I do. Okay. Moving on, you guys. Wow. You, I love talking with you guys so much. Um, <laughs> um, I do want to tell you that a dream come true for me today is that your boy saw the season premiere of... Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> I saw Lisa <laughs> Yes, Bravo PR. I, I have, I have made the big time, folks. I got a advanced screener that has my name smashed up against it, so I can't give it to anybody without getting in trouble. And I saw it, you guys. And I'm not allowed to talk about it until. 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, May 11th. So guess what? Get prepared to hear the recap at 6 p.m. on May 11th. Or it'll be ready for you after you watch that because we're going big this season with Real Houses of Beverly Hills, folks. We're putting all of it in there. All I will say is I was maliciously angry at Rinna and Erica Jane within the first 10 minutes. And... It was one of the realer episodes I've seen of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, a lot of intense moments. And I think you guys, 
I can't wait to hear what you think of it. And I, and this is only the beginning. Uh, it's, I don't know. That's all I'm going to say about it. But I saw it and I can't wait for you to see it because I, th- I'm really excited to have this conversation and to be talking about this for, uh, for the, <laughs> for the next six months. Um, okay. Ezra Miller, we got to talk about him, folks. We've been talking about him a lot on this podcast lately because, and I don't know if you ever do this, like, uh, there'll be like weeks where I'll trip like eight times, eat like, like eight, I'll trip every day. And I'm like, why are you so clumsy? Ezra Miller is getting arrested like every day. The boy just got arrested. Not boy, 29 years old. He, uh, he got arrested again yesterday. He is charged with second degree assault. After the cops say they responded to an incident at a private residence in Pahoa, Hawaii, around 1 a.m. on Tuesday. Um, dang. That's crazy. Um, I, I'm just sorry. I'm just reading this TMZ article. But first off, why don't you leave Hawaii? Like, Hawaii, I've been there. It's a smallish place. It's a small community. Like, yo, man, maybe it's time to, like... Get out of Hawaii. You've been arrested there and have had so many d- domestic disturbances. But he has been arrested again. Now, we've talked about this in terms of Warner Brothers. They had a secret meeting last week to talk about um, how this is going to affect The Flash. Remember, The Flash doesn't come out for another year. It's supposedly already done filming, and this is the film that brings Michael Keaton's Batman back into the DC comic book universe. So I was very excited but at this point, I think they're kind of like, what do we do? Because he's very, he seems very troubled. And uh, I don't know. What, I mean, there's got to be something really, unfortunately, very wrong with him. Um, Grace Randolph on Twitter says the flash is already completed and the movie is actually about mental health. Hopefully Ezra Miller can get help and use the movie to encourage others to get help. By the way, from what I hear, Ezra Miller has good reason to be so distraught. You don't know what people are going through. And I completely agree with that. You never know what people are going through. All I will say is though, that's what's hard when you mix art with commerce that's why it's hard, whether it be in the music industry with Britney Spears or the movie industry with Ezra Miller or these people, you know, usually you put your money into uh, things, into products. And these people are products. And that's hard because people were such complicated engines, you know, like we have such, there's such turmoil sometimes and our brain chemistry is so, it can be very different and not everybody is the same. Um, and it's really hard. Uh, you're investing in these people and you're banking on the fact that they're going to be okay. And it looks like as Ezra Miller is in deep distress, I truly, it doesn't seem like he's getting the help that he needs. And I don't know what the scenario is surrounding all of this. Maybe he's just not letting people help him. I will say being older than all of you guys, I was younger when I remember Robert Downey Jr. Now you guys might not know this, But Robert Downey Jr., the insanely successful actor, Iron Man, Sherlock Holmes, all of that stuff. Before Iron Man, I think there was like a 10-year period where he was was very into drugs. He, if you go back and look at Robert Downey Jr.'s history, he did one of the things that Ezra Miller did in Hawaii where he he was in Malibu and he he, uh, snuck into a a couple's house with a kid and fell asleep in a race car bed with drugs on him. And a family, you know, came like, why are you sleeping in our son's bed? He had to go, go to rehab many times. One time he came out, was clean. He started working on the TV show, Ally McBeal, uh, went on a bender, got busted again, served prison time 
Robert Downey Jr. was in prison. People totally blank this out because he's picked himself up and made such a brilliant uh, example of what, you know, sobriety can do for you. And he's put a lot of work into that. And it's a very cool example because I remember all of that going like, oh, this dude's going to die. This dude has a death wish and he is really firmly in the grips of drug addiction. And it's usually really brilliant people uh, that are, you know, that are into drug addicts. It, you know, sometimes it calms the mind or it, these people have so many thoughts happening in their mind <coughs> that it can sometimes squash that and it makes it easier for them to live with themselves. Um, and I'm sure you guys all have somebody in your life like that. So, you know, but I was just thinking about that Robert Danny Jr. And thinking about what a good example he is now and, uh, how hard he worked to get to where he is and how, you know, I'm really glad that he has a career still, uh, and maybe Ezra Miller can be one of those things, maybe. But usually you have to even hit more rock bottom than this, where, you know, I, I would imagine if we look at, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Or if we look at Lindsay Lohan, remember the summer that she got arrested, it seemed multiple times and, you know, she had coke on her and all this stuff. It just seems like these things, they kind of go in waves where it just keeps happening where they get arrested. So we'll see what happens next. But uh, I, I really worry about him at this point. It does not seem like he's getting the help that uh, he needed. Okay, also, on to some great news, you guys. I don't know if you know this, but I prayed to the Lord baby Jesus. It was his, uh, the resurrection day the other day. And I said, you know, little baby Jesus, uh, it's me, Ryan. And I did like the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's like, this is a prayer to you, buddy, to the big guy. And I said, I don't want anything for myself, right? I've got enough. I've got a podcast. Uh, I've got a bed to sleep on. And, uh, that's all I, I break a lot of my headphones, but uh, I don't, you know, it's not about me. I'm praying for somebody else. And I said, this is what I want. And then I said this, I said, would you consider giving Ashley Darby the strength to file for legal separation from Michael Dor Darby? And guess what folks, little baby Jesus answered my prayers today because Ashley flipping Darby has filed for legal separation from Michael Darby, you guys. It finally happened. We did it. We did it, you guys, all of us. Um, so here is the uh, the statement that was released today. Bravo TV had the exclusive link to the statement, which I found weird. And even Ashley Darby sent everybody over to Bravo TV. I'm like, did she get paid for this? Um, here is the statement. Almost eight years ago, when Michael and I said, I do, we anticipated sharing every single day together from that moment forward. Unfortunately, that is not our current reality. We have decided to separate. We are aware that there will be many speculative views as to why we have made this decision. People will be quick to assume that the causes were too much intrusion by reality TV, and then the most personal parts of our lives, age gap issues, cultural problems, or child-rearing differences. Pieces of all these may have affected our pure love for each other, but no one reason is the root cause of our mutual decision to go our separate ways, except for Grinder. JK. Um, we are now both at very different stages in our lives and have different goals for our futures. We both want the other to achieve true happiness and fulfillment and feel that we cannot do this together. 
While our romantic bond is broken, we will always love and respect each other. We also know that true happiness can only be achieved by continuing to work together and putting our hearts and souls into raising our two beautiful boys, Dean and Dylan. They will always feel loved and supported, for they were truly created out of love. As this is a personal matter for us, we appreciate everyone who has been a part of our journey and ask for your continued support by respecting us as we go through this emotional situation. And uh, they are filming right now, folks. Real Housewives of Potomac is filming. So the good Lord has blessed us twice on this day of our Lord. Um, So that's amazing, right? And we know that, I believe, uh, in 2020 or 2019, uh, they added a stipulation onto their uh, prenup, which Bravo loves a good prenup. Uh, They did a postnup where she would be entitled to more money uh, if uh, the relationship fell apart. So supposedly she should have a little bit of a parachute here. I hope so, uh, because, you know, she's been really affected. I mean, that's I mean, there's been a lot of embarrassment having to stick up for Michael Darby. I mean, just imagine, we don't have to hear her stand up for Michael Darby anymore at reunions. Like, I'm at, like how nice is that? So congratulations. That actually truly did... I love when good things happen, you know, like I love, like genuinely. And by the way, I'm not, Michael is Michael, like whatever. Like that's not my, uh, like I hope he's, I hope he falls in love with some cameraman or Juan Dixon or whoever he can play grab ass with. But, uh, you know, I'm just glad it's not with Ashley because I genuinely like Ashley and I'm glad that I can speak with her now. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Um, also, we had a photo that came out with uh, Drake posted a photo with Taylor Swift. Uh, and there was rumors that they were together for a, uh, uh, a release on uh, like a Taylor Swift. They were going to do collab. And uh, TMZ is reporting Drake and Taylor Swift are not about to drop new music together. Despite a social media post from Drizzy fueling rumors about a potential collab in the works. Uh, sources with direct knowledge tell TMZ, sadly, there is no collab. Um, he was just a throwback photo with no hidden message, but, but that's even weirder though. Like Drake just like randomly posts a photo with Taylor. It's like, what am I going to randomly post my photo with DJ James Kennedy and say like new music dropping soon? Like it's all like what? And then there was like a further rumor, I think in Demois saying that Kanye and Taylor had a collaboration out. Dude, you guys in the rumors, you gotta stop. You truly gotta stop. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's like, come on guys. Like there's gotta be, I mean, there's just no way to regulate this stuff, but it, it, it's fueling pop culture. But I think in a way it sometimes ruins pop culture. I think I'm going to be on Tomois podcast pretty soon. So I can't wait to, to discuss this with her, not this photo, but just pop culture in general. Uh, but his Instagram post said they too soft to understand the meaning of hard work. <coughs> and I love the thought of that being a uh, a collaboration, but I got to say with Taylor Swift, I agree with that statement that Drizzy Drake uh, mentioned is that, dude, Taylor Swift works her ass off and still makes it kind of look easy. Like this person is pure work. I mean, she has a work ethic like no other, and, and that almost is a disservice to her music, which I think is excellent. I mean, I just, I think she is truly gifted and I'm so glad I, she, I, she doesn't come off completely affected yet. You know, when somebody's a celebrity for so long, they've lost all touch with reality. 
it still seems, or at least Taylor does a good job of pretending like she's still somewhat down on the same earth that we walk on, you know? So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I thought that was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, so you guys, Johnny Depp, I'm so sorry, you guys, about the sniffing. Please don't write bad reviews about that. <laughs> Your leftist sniffling. Um, so Johnny Depp took the stand in the, uh, the, the civil case with Amber Rose. He's suing her, um, and, uh, took the stand and he, I watched a little bit of this live, but I had a life to lead and he was talking so slow. And I forgot that, you know, talking about like feet, like, like, you know, not being on earth anymore. It's like Madonna, Johnny Depp, when they all of a sudden kind of take on a British accent, when it's like, dude, what are you? He's like, me and, me and Amber, very, we're very good, you know, we did, we did our thing and we had a very magical experience. And You know, it's always low and there's like a little bit of an accent there. I'm like, what are you? You're from Indiana or something. Um, He spoke fondly about uh, him and Amber's relationship. Uh, about the early times when they were filming The Rum Diary. And they said, he said one of the kisses they had in the shower in the movie was real. He's like, I felt it. It was real. Um, Johnny Depp testified about his well-chronicled drug use, owning up to it, and testifying that he never used as a way to party, but to rather numb pain that has stayed with him throughout his life, dating back to his childhood, which he says was abusive and hard. Johnny Depp noted he started doing drugs when he was 11, popping his mother's nerve pills, and trying different substances as he grew up. He also testified that Amber's characterization of his drug and alcohol use was grossly exaggerated and embellished, noting he feels like she weaponized that aspect of his life when things went sour between them. Johnny says he was addicted to roxicodone at one point, an opiate, but eventually kicked it entirely and detoxed. He vowed on the stand he would never go down that hole again. Depp testified that the beginning of his relationship with Heard was great and thought she was good to, too good to be true. He said things started to unravel about a year and a half after she became another person. He claimed she would become visibly shaken and upset when parts of her routine were broken. Um, he said he never struck Heard or any woman in his life. He said he felt the need to stand up against Hurden's claims because he felt responsible to stand up for his kids who were getting approached about the allegations. He said he tried to live his life as a private person, so sharing the intimate details of his private life is quite exposing and unfortunate. Uh, there is, of course, much on this. I might be doing a, a Johnny Depp Amber Heard episode, actually, because she's in the courtroom as well. And we talked about this a little bit on Monday. I'm just, I'm just shocked to see Johnny Depp this way at all. You know, and I, he's really fighting this and and it's 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 interesting how much hate there is out there for amber heard or at least i don't know why but like every tiktok video i'm getting sent is like negative amber heard shit and i've never said anything bad about amber heard so i don't know why my phone is giving me negative amber heard shit but it's very interesting but i will say i was thinking about this more and i've been thinking about this since i talked uh to sophie on sunday <laughs> this is what i was thinking about at coachella was that i said like Yo, everybody, like some people just aren't meant to be together. And like equally they can be, I don't believe any one true person is evil except for that person who left the uh, review earlier for the podcast. <laughs> I'm apologizing on behalf of all of America. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's just so funny. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. But I'm America. I'm sorry too. I I want to throw my hat in there. I am sorry as well. Um. So, 
<laughs> I was saying that people just sometimes aren't meant to be together and uh, it's okay. You know, like that's okay. Like uh, I never agree with abuse and I really don't, I need to know more about this real story. Like I need to know all the details. I remember reading all the police reports and I know the Johnny Depp got a part of his finger uh, cut and I believe he threw a wine bottle at her and all of this stuff. But it's like love will make people do the craziest shit. And I'm not talking like when it comes to physical abuse, we're like down a whole other road. But it is interesting. Like somebody, you know, there can be a hundred people saying that Johnny Depp is the best person that you've ever met in your life. He's amazing, amazing actor, da, 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 just so kind, all of this stuff. But you can hit somebody on, like you can, you can be around somebody on the worst day of their life or trigger them in a way that's going to make them react. That's going to be none of those other hundred persons experiences with that person. They're going to see a different side of that, you know? And, uh, it's just interesting. Like I don't put anything past anybody. Like I just don't, I think wrong place, wrong time, wrong day. Like shit gets weird for everybody. I mean, think about, think about your personal life. Think about times when you just like, I lost control. I'm not talking once again, not talking about physical abuse, but just things when you've spoke out of turn, when you've been embarrassed, when you've shoplifted. And I, yeah, I'm talking to you guys. I know who you're talking. <coughs> we all have done stupid shit. I'm really trying to see what the real thing is here. And uh, I don't know, you know. I, I mean, I draw the line of physical abuse that to me is a bridge too far. But I, I was thinking about it on Sunday, like I asked Sophie of like, can you be forgiven for that? I mean, I guess first you would have to take responsibility for that. Um, but there's always going to be reasons. There's always going to be like, well, my childhood was this. There's, you know, I guess part of the thing that I'm trying to learn is that you have to overcome all of these things, overcome all of your demons, overcome. Like I was really in a hate spiral earlier today, really hating myself because I was sick. I felt bad and I couldn't podcast. I was really just beating myself up, you know, and I was like, that's the thing is you have to learn to overcome these lies of the mind or, or these hurdles and, and not feel bad because you're burdened with it when Joe Schmo next door doesn't have the same weird thoughts that you do, you know, and it's hard because you're comparing and despairing as, uh, as therapists like to say. Uh, and finally, you guys, before we get to our recap of Summer House, yeah, yeah. Okay. The last thing I want to say is uh, I have a uh, Google alert set to my uh, my name and the show name so I can find out what the streets are talking about, you know, or in case somebody mentions something good. And it's always scary because what if they mention something bad, right? So I get this one, and it's, um, it's, it's called Facts Buddy, and it says Ryan Bailey Podcast Bio Wiki, all of this stuff. And... They got some of it right, which is kind of weird. Um, but then, so this is Ryan Bailey is a popular American actor and podcaster, which, by the way, popular, that's huge. As of now, Bailey works as a creator and host of the successful podcast, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Bailey's also a writer for The Dip since 2007. Bailey has been uh, an assistant over at Leslie Kahn, which that was the acting studio, which is like, yeah, like that's all. I'm like, hell yeah, they got that, all that right. Here's where it gets weird. And this is where I find it so damaging. This is kind of like rumors that like that the Schwartz Raquel rumor is it says Ryan Bailey height. 
And this is what it says. He is a man of above average stature, which I was reading. I was like, hell yeah, I am. And then it says Bailey stands at a height of five foot nine. Okay, you motherfuckers over there at Fact Buddy, I am six foot. And this is the kind of fucking garbage that gets thrown around there. And all of a sudden, I'm branded as a five nine man. I am proudly six foot. In fact, I will take a picture in front of a ruler. If I need to, I am six foot. And I was so, oh, and this is the other thing that cracked me up that I kind of got really excited about. I was like, what? It says Ryan Bailey net worth. Get this. Okay, Baylor is an actor in podcast, blah, 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 blah. Therefore, Bailey has accumulated a decent fortune over the years. Bailey's estimated net worth is $987,000 and seven hundred fifty. no, 987 uh, 987, I don't even know how to say it, so much money, but it's like literally right under a million, dude, <laughs> you guys, like this is huge, can I take this to my bank and show them and be like, what the fuck, why, where, else, where is this money, like I was, oh my god, it also says I'm still married, which I am not, so I wrote into that, because, you know, these are the things that I spend doing with my time. I wrote in to Fax Putty and I wrote, um, I I was very gentle, but I said, hey, this is me, Ryan Bailey, and I'm six foot, not five foot nine, and I'm divorced. If you can make those two corrections, that would be great, LOL. So I'm here, here's hoping Fax Buddy gets their story straight or I will see you in court. <laughs> Okay, you guys, we're going to go to commercial, and I'm going to come back with a Summer House recap. This is a wild, loose show today. Remember, uh, try to be nice to each other, try to be nice to me, but mainly each other, and I'll see you after the break. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer, and I gotta tell you, the quality is great, because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Guys, now is the part of the show that I love. We get to talk about our sponsors. And today we have a new sponsor with us. It is our good friends over at Rothy's. Um, now, 
I want to say that they sent me one of the most beautiful pairs of shoes this past week. I got to choose a pair of shoes from Rothy's. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I had heard of them and I was like, no way. They are a sponsor and I could, it was so hard to pick. I got to pick one pair of shoes and I wanted like six of them. And then I find out that these guys are all about making the world a better place by making sustainable shoes uh, in this day of like climate change, plastic pollution, and uh, Earth Day is coming up. And I, I actually, I was laughing when I was reading the copy because I don't know if you guys know this, but when I was in junior high, I played a little character called Earth Man because Earth Day is, I believe, April 20th. And I was Earth Man, and I got to wear a cape, and it was very exciting. <laughs> so they say April is Earth Month, and that means a lot of us are giving a little extra thought to how we treat the planet, or at least I hope you guys are. Everybody wants to help out, but it's hard to know where to start. Problems like climate change and plastic pollution can feel totally overwhelming, especially when you don't see a clear way to make an impact. Now, Rothy's believes that even the biggest challenges can be tackled one step at a time. They make the most comfortable, stylish, and durable shoes and daily essentials all from recycled plastic. Can you believe that? I have a pair of these shoes and it is beautiful. And I was like, this is made from recycled plastic? I was like, we can make anything from that. Why are we not making cars from recycled plastic? Um, so... Everything Rothy's makes is better for the planet. They've repurposed millions of water bottles into their signature thread that goes into all of their products. Plus, Rothy shoes, bags, and other essential. Oh, by the way, they, they also sell bags. I didn't get a bag, but it was like I wanted it so bad. And our, like, so Rothy's shoes, bags, and other essentials are made with less wasted fabric, and they're designed to be durable and washable for a stylish fit that lasts. The clothes you wear every day shouldn't just look great. They should make you feel great. And that's exactly how you feel knowing your Rothy's helped keep ocean-bound plastic out of the water. Um, so they asked me to like talk about my favorite thing about the Rothy's. And I'm just like, well, it's a beautiful pair of shoes. But it truly is. And the fact that you're actually helping, you know, Mother Earth, that's amazing. But the sustainability is amazing. So, you know, they do this from... Like I said, single-use water bottles, algae-based foam, and ocean-bound plastic, and uses other sustainable practices to create better shoes with less waste. The comfort is amazing. My my, I felt like Cinderella. It was just you slipped it on. It felt great. The washability. I haven't washed it yet, but they tell me that it's very washable. And the durability. I can't wait. I should have worn these to Coachella because they would have held up. I have a feeling. So you guys. When you're wearing Rothy's, your footprint feels lighter than ever. So get $20 off your first purchase today at rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com forward slash so bad. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash so bad. And now back for the remaining portion of our show. Oh my God, you guys, I'm back. I did that commercial at three in the morning on Monday morning. Oh my God. Oh, well, Rothy's, great brand, though. I do believe in Rothy's. Um, welcome back. Before we get into this, I'll talk more about this uh, on a show later this week because uh, I want to wrap up Real Housewives of Orange County recaps. But because I want to, I watch Real Housewives in New Jersey tonight. Bravo is single handedly trying to ruin music for me. 
the uh, the New Jersey ladies did a song in Nashville, and the OC girls did a finale song. Um, <laughs> by their band name is the OC Reels, and I was like, real dumb. Um, but it's 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 you know now that I'm talking about it, the OC song, <laughs> it's starting it's starting to like starting to warm up to it. I don't know, but man. It's like that one year where they had everybody on re- every reality show on Bravo go to the thing where you break stuff or the place where you throw uh, axes. And I was like, do you guys get a group discount for all of your shows? Like, why is everybody recording material? The only thing I would like to see, though, is that why not put together a compilation album? Why doesn't Bravo release its first album? You get Top Man by DJ James Kennedy. You get a Luann song. You throw you throw Erica Jane a bone, give her a song, uh, and then you got the OC reels. You could do a couple OC songs. You got Dreamcatcher by Shannon Bedore's daughters, and uh, you can you can totally make one of the biggest kick ass compilations of all time. Okay, you guys, on to Summer House. Let's see how long I can last here. Um, this is called Pre Nope, and Pre Nope is usually what the girls in high school uh, told me when I would ask them on dates. <laughs> no, no pre-nope, if I was a guessing man, it has to do with pre-nup, and it kind of does. But we're getting to that point in the season where the show is starting to lose a little bit of its luster these last two episodes. My own personal feelings, it still has great moments, but it's getting a little like, eh, come on, you guys. But pre-nope is just a bad title. Pre-nope? Like, come on, what are we doing over here? As always, we started off the song, uh, the show previously on Summer House. Um, and we had the bus ride where everybody had the ask me question game. And Danielle was like, they were like, have you ever had anal, Danielle? And she's like, I'm saving that for my husband. And Robert got like a super boner. We had Luke talking to Andrea, sensitive Andrea. He's like, oh, I bond with the page. You know, I bond with little page. But what I was getting with Lexi, what I was getting with Lexi was so nice. Um, and then we get Andrea telling Paige about Lexi and Paige going, I almost stopped talking to Craig because you were coming on so strong. I feel totally used, which is, by the way, rich. Paige feeling totally used is insane. Uh, we had the scene of Amanda in therapy saying the prenup is almost planning for a divorce and that Kyle's saying, oh no, now I have to talk about prenup with her parents. I don't want the, them to think this is an escape plan. Uh, we had the little scene of Danielle talking to Paige about going to Charleston for Robert's job. Uh, we have Ahmed and Lindsay humping on the beach. Ahmed was, uh, Lindsay's flavor of the weekend, uh, on last week's episode and they got into a huge fight. Uh, we cut to Sierra Paige making fun of how many people Lindsay likes, uh, Ahmed saying, if you want to have a conversation, Lindsay, without berating me, I'm down for it over the phone. And Lindsay going, let's go, bro. We cut to Danielle at the winery or sorry, cut to Lindsay at the winery saying, I will flirt with every man I see if I want to. I love that most of the uh, show now is just Lindsay trying to stick up for herself and saying, I'm, I can do whatever I want. There totally is a double standard, as Lindsay says later, on how we view men doing this and how we view women doing this. I even fall into that myself. I even go, wow, well, she's a little. And I'm like, how many bros have we seen do this? I, I mean, I used to have a friend that would hit on anything that moved. Like, but we accept that, but this is weird. Um, we had that conversation with Amanda at the winery where she's like, I think she's covering up for something else. And 
you know, Lindsay saying, you're not being a bad friend, Amanda, but if you want me to answer the fucking question, let me answer the fucking question. We open up at Saturday, 5.50 p.m. Um, Lindsay's like, I've done this my entire life. I've always put my heart first. I've always jumped into the, the deep end. Um, and Amanda's like, if this is what you want, you give 110% of your heart to different men and, and you get it heartbroken, and if you're fine with that, I'm happy for you. But every person you love, you get a little bit of your heart to, you know, when you find the right person, how much do you have your heart? How much of your heart is left? And Lindsay's like, how big is my heart? My heart is huge. Uh, we cut to Sierra playing cornhole with Alex and Carl. Okay. And Sierra goes, I don't want to be a loser. She goes, I don't like to be a loser because she's losing at cornhole and she's losing at summer house. Uh, we cut to Lindsay saying, I go to therapy every week. I stand in front of that door. And when the universe is ready to open that door, I am ready. Now, I do appreciate what Lindsay is saying here. I do appreciate Lindsay going, I am working on myself, but I am ready. I am ready for that right person. And that, you know, I do understand Lindsay's perspective on here, but I also understand Amanda saying, seeing it from an outside perspective, it doesn't look like how she thinks it looks. It doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. Now, remember what's fun to one person is not fun to the other. So this seems to be working for Lindsay, or at least she says it's working for her. But Amanda says, for me, this wouldn't be fun. Um, Lindsay goes, I felt more myself this summer than any other summer. You know, men might hurt me, but I'm strong. We cut to Paige and Andrea uh, having a conversation and, you know, Paige like, I don't want to fight with you. And he takes her hand and he's like, I want to, I want to, I want to put myself in other people's shoes. You know, it was the worst thing to find out the way I'm sure, you know, the, the, the find out that way. I'm sure Paige, you know, uh, you know, if I, I was happy to see you when I got into the summer house and then, you know, I thought it, we, we were going through a real moment, you know, I, I, I need to go for it. You know, your face and the way you talk and the way you, 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 you're always so welcoming. You know, I don't want to ruin anything with you. I'm fragile. And she goes, I like how you say fragile. And he goes, I got a lot going on, you know? And I'm I'm that moment, I'm I'm like, damn, I meant, you know, I meant nothing. This it it hurts. Like I at this point, I don't even understand what he's saying. He's like, I love you. And and she's like, I love you. You have a very special place in my heart. It is kind of a cute moment. And it kind of shows you how people do have connections with each other. Maybe we think they're ridiculous, but there is something nice between the two. Uh, they're all at the picnic table and Carl toasts goes, this has been a really nice winery stop. Everyone laughs because it's just been a mess. They all cheers. And then Amanda's like, yeah, I mean, we didn't scream during the fight. We just had, uh, you know, use loud voices. They get back on the party bus and Sierra's like, thanks for driving our crazy asses around to the driver. <laughs> Sierra? See, Summer House potentially might be bad for Sierra because I feel like it paints Sierra in Sierra's head as more interesting than she is. Do you know what I'm saying? She's only 25, and I feel like she's gassed up by a lot of this shit, which how couldn't you be? And I just think, I think she's got a lot of growing to do. You know what I'm saying? Like I say, this is an old man, but, uh, you know, she's got a lot of growing to, but I think she's kind of at a point where she thinks she might be cooler than she actually is. Um, they all get back to the house. Paige is the only one, of course, not carrying something in her hands. Uh, all the other girls even have stuff. 
we see uh, four boxes, plink, 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 and we see Paige pissing in the bathroom in one of them. That was pretty fun. Um, Kyle's in the kitchen. He's like, this summer was a blur. I'm not going to lie. I will tell you that, though. I think that's part of getting older, man. These things just fly, and it does become a blur. And like, I can think back to other summers, or even just I was thinking about Coachella. I can think of all these specific moments from all of the other festivals, and like it just goes by so fast now. Um, we're upstairs in the bedroom with Paige and Sierra and Amanda and Maya and Paige is making Sierra try on clothes like a Barbie doll. Robert is leaving. He's saying goodbye to everyone. Um, and Danielle is like, you know, this is a huge transitional moment, uh, for us. And it's going to lead us to a great moment and a life together, whatever we choose about Charleston. Four boxes are back up. We get to Amanda asking Paige about Andrea and Paige is like, I know who he is at his core. Uh, you know, as a person, and it's hard to get or stay mad at him. Uh, and I, I, I totally think he is a good-hearted person. I agree. And then Amanda's like, "Let's go downstairs and take Jello shots." And she's like, "And pay, you know, they're like, if Craig was here, you'd be down." Um, Lindsay goes into Maya's room and she's like, "Let's go out to Montauk." And she's like, "What?" Like she's already watching her computer. And like, that's what I keep thinking now during summer house. This is when you can really show I'm going to have to be put out to pasture soon because I feel exhausted sometimes watching summer house where they'll go out to the winery. And then I'm always like, okay, good. Let's have a nice night in, in the summer house. And then Lindsay will be like, let's go out. I'm like, what, what I would literally, I would be hiding in my closet. I would be like, we can't find them. We looked everywhere. I would find someplace to hide until I heard everybody leave, you know? And then I would just watch TV, baby. Um, Lindsay says, I can't get a hold of Matt all weekend. I'm calling him. He hasn't answered. Um, and uh, she does call him in front of Maya. He does answer. And Lindsay's already kind of a little lit and kind of like, she's like, you seem to be so busy with your friends. And he was like, yeah, I said I was busy with my boys tonight. And um, uh, she's like, I'm telling you, if this is how you're going to be, no problem. And Maya's like right there laying down, which is awkward. Because I believe this is Oliver's friend who she's dating. And then Lindsay goes, it seems like you don't give a fuck about me. Um, I'm looking for you to make a plan. And he's like, "Uh, well, I was waiting. And she's like, your plan is you're busy. And you, you know, it's it's fairly obvious that I'm way too old to deal with this bullshit. And then she hangs up on him. And then she goes, I'm not the one you want to fuck with. Which I love that Lindsay's heart is really big. But she'll also stab you with a shank in like three seconds. Uh, We have a new scene. And uh, by the way, this is the first commercial break. And I love that Summer House, it goes, Summer House will return in exactly 60 seconds. And this is the one I usually fast forward through the previews. But I really like the 60 second one because it gives me a moment to reflect on my life. And I'll let that play. I'll, I'll give myself that 60 seconds to prepare for what's about to happen. Like, it's real. I don't know. For some reason, I love that preview. The 60, it'll go, Summer House Returns in exactly 60 seconds. And they put a little timer. I'm obsessed with time on Bravo shows. I love the timer because I'm like, oh, my God, we're at 45 seconds. What do, what do I have to do in this next minute? Uh, we get back from break. Carl says, Carl's doing what Carl does best is like waiting for the food. He's like, our food guy is like 20 minutes away. You guys, Carl is obsessed with food. Like that's his thing. Now Um, we're all sitting around the couches downstairs. Alex is complimented by Sierra on his thighs. And, um, and then Alex asks uh, Andrea, like, 
hey, are you a boobs, butt, or face man? And Paige is like, oh my God, yeah, face is an option now. And Andrea says, I love boobs, but face, face is important. And there's like a shot of Paige because I don't think Paige really has boobs. So, you know, I love that. I thought that was kind of shady. <laughs> they got a shot of her real fast, but I, I love Andrea's. He's very serious. He's like, I love boobs, but you got to admit the face is important. Carl comes in with the food. He's all happy. Like he just like, you know, killed a huge, I don't even know what, like a bug. And he's very super happy. And then we have all the food around the table in the kitchen. I love these little eating scenes. I don't know why. It just reminds me of like friends eating, which is what it is. Friends eating. Nothing usually ever happens. I just like it. Uh, Paige, we see, is already in bed with her laptop out. Kyle has put on a wig so he can downstairs dance. And they're still trying to get everybody to go out. Kyle tells Maya, come out for once. My God. And then Maya goes upstairs, tells the girls, Kyle literally convinced me to go to Murph's. Uh, we see four boxes, everybody preparing to go out. But of course, Paige and Sierra stay in bed. Uh, Craig calls. He's like, hey, baby. Um, and she's like, everyone went out because they're animals. Uh, 105 a.m., everybody's coming back. Danielle's lit. She's like, I love a good night. Doesn't that feel good for a second to get out? I'm like, that's all you guys do is get out. Danielle's uh, falling asleep with Lindsay in the bed. Uh, Kyle gets in bed with Amanda. He's drunk. He's like, babe, will you marry me? She's like, yeah, of course. She's like, it's like kind of, yeah, of course. But the uh, context, like the, the, the subtext is shut the fuck up and sleep. We get up in the morning, four boxes. Lindsay's making breakfast sandwiches. Of course, Alex already in the kitchen. Um, I got to tell you, man, Carl, like, he really, like, he's just smiley now. Like, he really gives me hope. You know, like, I really just, he really inspires me. Like, I don't know, I really, I just really, I mean, he's not interesting on the show at all, but I just like him there. You know, like, I've seen enough of his excitement to last me for the rest of Summer House. But I like this guy where he wakes up and you can tell he's happy with himself. He's lighthearted. He's, you know, think about that. You know, he he, he actually looks like he's, he's happy to tackle the day, whereas a lot of us are like, ugh, ugh. Um, Carl says to Lindsay, I was literally surprised not seeing you in bed this morning. And she's like, why were you shocked? He's like, I kind of thought, you know, you might be with a med or something. Uh, cause remember, uh, Lindsay slept with, uh, Danielle and this is kind of an interesting little exchange. Uh, he goes, Lindsay's my best friend. I give her a lot of credit for trying to date, but I realize that some of these guys are not the right guys. Now we know they're together. So it kind of has this nice little subtext. Uh, Amanda wakes up in full makeup. Uh, Paige waltzes down. She's in a full blue outfit. Sierra says that, uh, she's having a full out of body experience this summer because she's a, a adulting, um, Paige says she's doing Access Hollywood this week. She's going to do a fashion segment and that Sierra is going to be one of her models. She's like, I've always wanted to be a host and talk about clothes. Uh, Sierra goes, summer has been a lot of firsts for me. I moved to New York. I haven't started working yet. I love that one. Like, <laughs> it's been a lot of firsts for me. I've moved to New York and I haven't worked. I love that. It's, I love that that's one of her firsts, which is kind of, you know, she's like, I was trying to get settled and, you know, in my apartment. I love nursing, but it's not my end all be all. I just feel lost. Sometimes seeing people die every day is mentally exhausted. She's crying and I can't even imagine what it's like to be a nurse. And especially during this time period, uh, I, I think we'll deal with a lot of people that have been mentally affected in ways we've all been mentally affected by the pandemic, but I think we're going to see a lot of things from nurses, especially because, 
you can get the sense. I follow a couple on Instagram and you always just get the sense that not only have they been through shit and seen shit that we haven't in these last couple of years, you can also sense an anger because they saw so many people be stupid and you can have whatever opinion you want on all the COVID crap. But you know, these are people that actually worked on the front line and uh, you can just tell that there's like a little bit of underlying anger there. I don't know if you, if you guys have noticed that yourselves. Uh, Paige goes, when I was 25, I wasn't doing anything. Which is that, you know, you got to remind yourself, Sierra's only 25. And that's what I was like, oh, girl, you are living the dream right now. Uh, so Sierra says, I'm just going to make money modeling. You know, no, Danielle tells her, just make money modeling until you figure it out. Which a lot of people will tell me to do the same thing. Just make money modeling until you figure it out. And and Sierra's like, yeah, you know, I'll do that until I'm 26. And I think that that's when I was like, I, I said that out loud. I was like, fuck off. Like, how dare you? Um... So uh, we're in Amanda's bedroom and Kyle's uh, standing by the dresser and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm depositing distributor checks. They keep sending me old school checks. Amanda goes, can I have some money? Which is funny because I'm really getting after watching this episode and others, you really get the sense Amanda doesn't have a lot of control of any of her money. You know, like even as a kid, it just seems like her parent, her dad does a lot of that, which is like, I'm jealous. Uh, but also you can just, uh, you can get the sense she might not understand money. I don't know. Who knows? Um, Amanda goes, we have so much to do this week. My parents are coming in. They're cake tasting. The florists are going to send us an example. Um, and uh, Amanda goes, spoiler alert, everything we do from this moment is considered last minute for the wedding. We're less than a month out. Uh, Kyle goes, I'm going to try to find a New Jersey lawyer so I can get an understanding if we should go forward with their prenup. All I know is you should get a lawyer in the state you're getting married. Amanda goes, yeah, my dad handles my finances. I know how much money's in there, I think, but you know, are you scared to talk to my parents? And Kyle goes, Amanda doesn't even do her own taxes. Her dad does. I know she's going to get her dad involved and I want to be prepared. It's not a fun topic. Amanda goes, if it worries you, maybe we should not do a prenup. Um, if you know, you don't want to talk to my dad, it's Sunday, 1 17 PM, Carl and Lindsay are playing patty cake at the table, laughing like idiots. And that's why you, I've said this multiple times now, that's how, you know, they're going to be together for a while. Cause they're fucking playing patty cake and laughing like stupid as hell. But you know what I'm saying? Like when it's that person, you just truly enjoy being with and like, like, listen, I'm not going to fucking play patty cake. But if you can find two people that love to play patty cake with each other, then they fucking belong together. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're patty cake it up, man. Like, it's not my game. But they seem like they're really good at patty cake. And they seem like they're both enjoying patty cake. Uh, everybody's packing up to go home. All of a sudden, it's Monday, the start of the week in the big city. Carl and Lindsay are shopping for plants. And... Um, She's like, you need a hanging plant. And Carl's like, for me or you? And she's like, for you. And then he goes, watering it wouldn't be too hard. And then he's tall and he's, you know, because he's like a hanging plant. He's, once again, it's like a fucking dad joke. And she laughs like a maniac. I'm telling you, man. I, Carl must think he's fucking Chris Rock when Lindsay's around. Um, we are at Access Hollywood all of a sudden with Sierra and Paige. We meet Marie Marilla. She's a producer. They're heading up to the studio, and Paige goes, it's my first national TV fashion segment I've ever done. I've wanted this my entire life. For fourth grade, I was dressed as a news reporter for Halloween. By the way, I love to make fun of Paige, but I did the same. Like, I would dress up as a TV host. I'm not even joking. Like, I'm telling you, like, this shit like this was my dream. 
Like it was my dream. So I totally get this. Um, and she's like, this will be so cool to have this. Cause when other companies ask me if I have stuff for my reel, I can send this to them. I will say this segment is a little boring, <coughs> but I appreciate that it was her dream. I hate this. Bravo does this sometimes where they're like, Oh, style expert Paige Sorbo from Bravo summer house. Uh, she's going to go over TikTok tennis chic, which is like, okay. Uh, but all of a sudden they do that thing where like, they're like, and action. And then Paige just stares at the camera and it makes it seem like she's bad. And we get a shot of the producer looking worried. And then all of a sudden it's like in the past year, women have taken style and comfortability and morphed it into blah, blah, blah. Here's three. And she kills it. But what I'm saying is that that first moment I think is completely bullshit. And they throw that in all the time on these shows where they make us think that she's bombing. And then all of a sudden she does good, which is like, I just don't believe that part happened. I believe they paused, like they actually edited that incorrectly. Uh, so the three models, it's like, whatever. Uh, but Paige says, I've never felt more proud of myself or at home somewhere. This is what I'm meant to do. I mean, that's always, I, I, I did go, that's, it is fun, man. It's, it's really awesome when you find something that you like to do that you, yeah, you actually like, and that is not easy for you, but that you feel comfortable doing. Like at this point, I feel comfortable doing this, not the editing so much and all the stuff that goes with it, but the actual talking to you guys, I feel more comfortable than I ever have. Uh, and it's really nice. There's not a lot of things in your life where you feel comfortable. Um, so we cut to Kyle's house or Kyle's apartment with Amanda. He just got another distributor for lover boy signed Her parents come in Amanda's parents and, uh, they're talking about wedding stuff. They're going to do a cake tasting. The dad's like, I've, uh, I've seen some emails come through that concern me. And Kyle's like on what? Uh, and he's like, well, that concerns me even more. And, uh, he's like music. And Kyle's like, oh no, no. Amanda's, uh, really put some songs in there that she wants. I guys, I remember when I got married which I hate to talk about so nonchalantly now, you know, just like, Hey, you know, uh, you know, it's just weird to know, now that I've gone through that. Um, but I remember that DJ shit, man, that was hard. Like I remember interviewing the DJ and then telling like do's and don'ts. And then I remember like this fucking DJ, we said, I don't want to do the, not the hanky panky or one of, you know, those stupid wedding things they do. And the guy didn't listen to us, but it actually turned out great. Like my ex just didn't want that, but, it actually turned out a lot of fun. Everybody did it. So the DJ ended up being great. Um, cause I, what I think it is with those DJs, they'll, they'll know the crowd. They'll be like, trust me, the crowd's going to love the hokey pokey, you know? Um, the dad's saying, okay, what about the marriage license? And Kyle's like, that's like the least of my worries. I'm going on four hours of sleep a night. And, uh, you know, it seems like the parents are really keeping them on track. Um, the dad goes, are you right? Are you guys ready for this? Have you thought about the reality, uh, you know, of getting married in a couple of weeks? And are you ready? And Kyle says, yeah, we are on the same page, uh, you know, about what is where Amanda brings in a salad. And Kyle's like, great, babe. Thanks. Like, look at that salad. And he's like, um, Kyle's like, in terms of finances, we're not completely settled. Uh, you know, all our ducks are not in a row. And the dad goes, the ducks are never in a row. And he goes, yo, and Kyle's like, I have an SBA loan that I personally guaranteed every single month. I have to cut a check for 50,000 to pay that off. Um, you know, we haven't, uh, Kyle goes, we haven't sat down and compared what do you have in your bank account and what do you have in your name? And, um, he goes, uh, Amanda and I should get a prenup, investors have told me. And then we cut to commercial. We come back. Amanda's 
Father Frank uh, says, the first thing I want to do is talk to an attorney. And Donna, the mother, is just watching. Um, Kyle's like, at first, you know, if the business would go bankrupt, I'm screwed. And then the dad goes, but is she? And uh, what you have, what are expectations about what you put in, Kyle? So she understands her exposure. Uh, He's like, who pays the electricity and cable? And then the dad's like, okay, say the bills come due after you guys get married. Does he pay or do we pay it? And uh, she's like, uh, we pay it. And he's like, who's making sure this stuff is taken care of? And uh, he's like, I take care. Frank's like, I take care of me and Donna, and I always have. But she feeds me. She washes the clothes. And Kyle goes, when am I going to get free meals? <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, I kind of, I don't know. It's Amanda, I don't know if this is correct, but she gets painted as somebody that doesn't do a lot. And that's got to be frustrating for Amanda. But we've heard it from Kyle. We know she doesn't handle her own money. I know she's, I don't know, like, uh, you. do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, I like Amanda. I just, I'm trying to understand this. Uh, the dad goes, because the dad's like, well, we have your grandfather's trust. We need to take care of all this stuff. And she and Amanda jokes, like, hide it. And dad says, we're not hiding money. We cut to Friday, September 3rd, 1233 p.m. The time is up. It's very exciting. It's for another weekend in the summer house. And Paige and Sierra are driving with Maya. They're like, last weekend, what a fun summer. And Paige goes, it's the most fun summer I've ever had. And I'm excited for the prom. Carl had the brilliant idea for a prom. Um, And uh, Paige goes, well, I've trained. I put in the work. I went to 12 proms. Now, here's a fun fact. I went to like six proms. And I only went to one. That was actually my girlfriend. And I'm not saying like I dated a bunch of girls. No, I was the friend at a bunch of girls proms. Like I was that dude. I was the dude that had a lot of friends that were girls that never liked me. And I don't think I, and that, looking back, I don't think I was, ha, was crushing on them. But I remember I got to take my high school girlfriend to my senior prom. And I remember that was really uh, special for me. And I remember, <laughs> I remember dancing to what song was it? It was a slow song, and I just remember being so in love. I just remember like, oh, my God. You know, it was like a movie moment in my mind. And then I farted. No. Um, so uh, she goes, I was a prom queen for a prom that I – for a school I didn't even go to. Uh, Maya is asked if her and Oliver is hooked up yet. She says, no, we have not had sex. Everybody's like, I love a slow progression. I love that. And uh, Sierra's like – well, what happened with Ahmed and Lindsay? And he's like, oh, well, they're just, they're taking a break in air quotes. We cut to Lindsay talking to Danielle. And sorry, guys, I need to get a cough drop. I'm sorry if this is annoying. <coughs> um, Lindsay is telling Danielle that I don't think things are done with me and Ahmed. You know, I, I just met him two weeks ago. I think we're just taking a break. And Daniel goes, you being yourself is going to help find you the right person. And she goes, yeah, this has been the best summer of my life. Lindsay asks Daniel, how's Robert? Um, she's like, we're still trying to figure out about Charleston, but he kind of likes it because he, his parents always went to vacation in Charleston. So he, he likes it. Um, she goes, I never want to be without Robert, but I want to be excited as he is. And, you know, I want something that we both agree on to be our forever home. And Lindsay's like, now I'm having a problem. 
Uh, I thought this was just a six-month trip. You're forever home. Uh, Kyle and Amanda get into the house. Alex, Luke, and Andrea get into the house. We cut to Kyle looking at his phone. He's like, dude, the florist just backed out three weeks out. He's like, this is one of our biggest line items in our budget, which I guess they felt slighted or something. I got to say, if you fucking cancel, like that's... And by the way, like I'm sure they would have gotten like promo on Bravo... So I want to know what the hell happened here. Luke's in there. He's like, yo, I'm sure that other florists are booked by now. I'm like, use Bravo, motherfuckers. Carl comes in with a bag of props. Carl, by the way, that's what I, where I go. Carl, at this point, just hugs people hello, says goodbye to people, and orders food. <laughs> Amanda says, last week of school before we graduate, in terms of the prom... I want to say this, though. Amanda seemed way too cool and very undisturbed about not about their florist just canceling. I was completely weirded out because Kyle seemed more panicked. And it the impression the show gives me is that Kyle has planned this wedding more than Amanda. That is the impression the show that has given me. But I, I, it can't be true. Paige, Sierra, and Maya come in. Danielle and Lindsay come in. Happy Labor Day weekend, they scream. Uh, they talk about the dates they're bringing to prom. Now, get this. Luke, you guys, is bringing Nicole. And they're like, who's Nicole? And he goes, I met her through a DM. And we went and had beers, and we hit it off. She's a really cool girl. So ladies, and maybe even dudes out there, DMs can DM the fuck out of these Bravo Lebs, man. Like, you might be on the summer house. Luke could possibly date you. Uh, you know, I thought that was interesting. Maya uh, has asked Oliver, but he hasn't accepted yet, she said which I think was a joke. Andrea asked Paige, he's like, we have our special friendship. You know, I've never been to prom and I would like to do the first with you, Allah, you know. And Paige's like, I absolutely would go to prom with you. Um, we have a quick shot of Lindsay looking weird, like, what? And then Lindsay and Carl, they're like, Lindsay and Carl. And Carl's like, would you go to prom with me, Lindsay? And she goes, absolutely. Then we get a shot of Alex doing what he does best, which is bringing up two suitcases to the upstairs. A man asked Paige, how do you feel about how do you think Craig's going to feel about you and Andrea going to prom? And Paige goes, I will tell Andrea that I am exclusively, that me and Craig are exclusively seeing each other. And then she goes, we're not officially boyfriend and girlfriend, but we talked. And he said he doesn't want to hook up with any other people but me. And I thought that was hysterical. <coughs> Sorry, one sec, guys. I just think this whole relationship, like, I totally buy it. I think they really do love each other. But it is funny. Craig has fully set the rules for this relationship. And I'm willing to put good money. I don't think Paige would ever admit this. That Craig was the only one sleeping with other people this entire time. And I think just guys and girls are different that way. Um, okay, so uh, they're heading out to dinner. Um, Luke is asking if everyone's doing traditional prom wear. Carl's ordered a special one. Kyle is reading emails and trying to find a florist on the phone in the car. And Amanda's like just sitting right there. Next. I'm like, yo, like get on the phone and help. Like, I feel like I'm not seeing something here. Um, Kyle's like the combos are about what we're wearing tomorrow. You know, like. We got bigger things to do. Lindsay says she's wearing her old prom outfit, but the the only thing that's different are her boobs are bigger now. 
When they sit down to dinner, Carl says, everybody has to put their phone in this purse. Let's be present. I'm a, bi- I'm a big, I get annoyed with shit like that, be present. Because sometimes I would just much rather be on my phone, which I guess is the whole point of Carl doing that. Everybody agrees to do it, even Kyle. And Kyle goes, the amount of dick pics in that purse right now, which I, I even laughed. They order espresso martinis for the table. Luke says, guys, I wasn't here last week and I heard it was rough with you guys, with Lindsay and uh, Ahmed. And that uh, Lindsay goes, yeah, you know, we decided to put a pin in it, which is very Shannon Bedore and Gina. And she goes, I'll call him when I get back. Paige says, doesn't it make you nervous that there's been three confrontations in two weeks? And Kyle says, yeah, I feel you're in the hot seat, Lindsay, and I I feel bad. Um, And Lindsay's like, no, I'm walking on coal, man. I love it. And Paige says, do you think it scares people that you jump in so intensely? And she's like, I dive in, and I'm not wasting any time. And the right guy won't be scared away. I'm having a sexy summer, which I just never want to hear anybody say they're having a sexy summer. I'd prefer to. Up to this point, I've never had a sexy summer. I've had... You know, a chafing summer, a sweaty summer. You know, sometimes there's been a nice breeze summer, but never a sexy summer. Um, Lindsay goes, it's interesting that it's getting twisted from having the best summer of my life to something bad. And Kyle goes, Lindsay, you had a miscarriage. And everybody's silent. And everyone's like, Kyle. And Amanda goes, it's so fucking dumb, Kyle. And Amanda goes, not everyone here is fucking dumb. Stop saying stupid shit like that. And Lindsay goes, chill. And Kyle says, fine, I don't give a shit. And Amanda goes, no, be polite and be kind and listen to what people say, Kyle. And Kyle goes, I'm more polite and kind than you are in in the whole world. Uh, No, he goes, you're in your own world. And she's like, I am in my own world. And it's a beautiful, happy place. And he goes, doesn't look like a beautiful place. And Amanda goes, why are you such a dick? And she goes, done, done, D-O-N-E, done, and walks up and walks out. And Lindsay goes, well, there's a 37-year-old male across the table. Why don't we ask how many people he's hooked up with this summer? And Luke goes, a couple, couple. Paige says, I think there is a huge double standard to Lindsay. But I'm like, fucking Paige, wasn't you the one slut-shaming her last week? Like, to all the other girls and stuff like that? Like, if you think there's a huge double standard, don't perpetrate that. Don't perpetuate, sorry, don't perpetuate that, you know? Like, do more of this shit and stand up for her. Um, Luke is trying to talk, and he's like, glad there's so many conversations right now. I'm actually trying to talk. Amanda's crying, and uh, Sierra followed her. Um, Luke keeps saying, I've been trying to talk for the last 45 seconds. Kyle slams the table, and he's like, there's 14 conversations happening. Um, And Amanda's like, I don't know why... Um. Oh, no, I think Kyle goes, I don't know why a man is crying. People just need to listen to each other. And Paige says, "There, um, you know, you can't tell us what to do. You're not a dictator of the dinner table. You aren't in charge here. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And she's like, raise your voice. Keep going. And then he walks off and uh, she screams, I don't know why she's marrying you. Alex says, well, don't you think it's just she's working too much? And she's like, yeah, whatever. We cut to... Amanda, she's like, I just need to take a break. I'm so done with this Lindsay thing. Amanda tells Sierra. Um, and she's like, "This tells Sierra, she's like, this morning we found out we lost our florist. Um, we're now to Kyle. And Carl comes up to Kyle with Luke. And 
you know, Kyle's like, at the end of the day, dude, I got upset for you because no one was listening to you, Luke. I was just trying to get Lindsay off the hot seat, which is what a weird way to get Lindsay off the hot seat by bringing up her miscarriage. Um, like he was like, I, you know, and Carl's like, yo, dude, it's the slamming table for the women. It's a lot. He's like, dude, are you kidding me? We cut to Amanda and she's like, why can't I stop crying? And Sierra's like, shake it off, shake. Uh, we're back at the table. Everybody starts coming back. Amanda, Sierra, Kyle. And Paige is like, I'm not even hungry now. And Kyle goes, I'm sorry to say, you know, you know, I'm just right now, it's just a lot. I'm in a lawsuit for $200,000. I paid $200,000 in legal fees, which I want to know more about this lawsuit. She's like, I have a $4 million loan every, you know, you know, the business is expanding into eight states. Our florist just dropped out of the wedding. I feel bad for Luke because no one's listening. I don't think that is so much to ask. And Amanda says, you don't always practice what you preach. You hold high standards, but you get so mad on someone else on behalf of them. And then you, you, you know, you don't do the same goddamn thing. And it drives us all mad. And like Amanda nails him with that. That's like totally true. <coughs> and Paige says, you're always stressed. We didn't know. We didn't know though. Uh, he's like, you're worried about your prom outfits and I'm dealing with something a little more substantial. That's how he says it. And he goes, I'm out. And he gets up again and, uh, Danielle tries to follow him out and, uh, he's like, I'm out, leave me alone. I'm out. And that's it. You guys, that's the episode. And I don't know. I next week can't be the season finale, but I didn't see the preview at the end. So who knows? But you guys, my voice is so thrashed right now. And I got to do an interview tomorrow at like 12. So I got to let you guys go. I would love to keep talking because you guys are my favorite. I hope you understand. And by the way, thank you guys. Thank you for whoever has stayed with me uh, through the beginning. Or if, if you're new to this podcast, thank you. Please consider coming back. This is a place for all of us. And who knows what we can accomplish in the future. But I just appreciate all the people that have stuck with me and that have made, uh, you know, I always say they've given me some sort of purpose in my life. So uh, I will talk to you hopefully on Thursday and I'll be over on the Patreon tomorrow. So there's plenty of me, uh, but I hope this is enjoyable for you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Betches.